My name is Anna Rodriguez, and I live in Whitehall, Pennsylvania. I am the proud mother of Lance Corporal Nicholas Rodriguez. My name's Michael Geiger. I'm the proud stepfather of Nicholas Rodriguez. Nick was 21 years old when he enlisted. He wanted to go and help the world in some way he saw fit. He did real well in boot camp. He pushed, and he pushed hard. It's like he went in a boy and came out a man. His home base was going to be in uh, San Diego, California, Camp Pendleton. So this was kind of the first time in his life that he was 3,000 miles away. Cried my heart out. (laughs) And I've been crying ever since. Nick would call me probably every other day or so, just to bat the breeze, just to see how things were going. We were constantly on the phone, always. He would call up and he'd say, well, what kind of music did you listen to when you were a kid? And I would give him these names. One group he became very fond of was Uriah Heep. And that was a band out of the early 70s and late 60s. There was one song in particular. It was Nick's favorite, Lady in Black. I know not how she found me, for in darkness I was walking, and destruction lay around me from a fight I could not win. He was with the 1st Light Armored Reconnaissance, and oh, he was so gung-ho about this. Uh, he said it reminded him of when he was a kid because they would put him in these simulated vehicles. They would do their night vision. He said it was like he was inside a video game, and this was the greatest thing since sliced bread to neck. He just loved it. And I begged her give me horses to trample down my enemies. So eager was my passion to devour this to talk about superheroes, villains, Spider-Man and the Hulk. I says, well, what about the mighty Thor? I am Thor, son of Odin. And Nick became fascinated with this. He would call me out of the blue. Mike, guess what I just found? I found the story about Thor, and did you know his hammer had a name? And did you know he was from Asgard and his father was the king? (laughs) There was a test of manhood for young warriors. I do honestly believe that him wanting to be in infantry up on the front lines, that he probably felt invincible like Thor. Thor was able to do good and fantastic things, and I believe that Nick felt that he could do the same. I've never felt such power. When he left for Afghanistan, I just didn't know what to do. I think I just wanted to stay home and sit in the house and just wait for him to come back home. And when he would call, the reception was just horrible. So we didn't get to talk that often. When we did, I always got, Mom, it's boring out here. We're not doing anything. We're just burning poppy fields. We're just sitting here watching the borders. And that made me feel awesome. I still came down my driveway and stopped breathing, praying to God I wouldn't have two Marines sitting there. But at the same time, I thought, well, why would that happen? He's not in combat. I believed a lot of this stuff that Nick was telling me was bullshit. I mean, we know roughly where you are. You're in the Helmand province. And the Helmand province is supposed to be a pretty hot spot, according to the news. He said that he would hear mortars going off occasionally. If Nick would have said that he had heard mortars go off, then I would have known that his conversations were bull. But he didn't say anything like that. Not to me. When he spoke to me, he was at a candy store. 
So I think it's pretty safe to say Nick is going to come home. I see a light ahead. There's a chill wind blowing through my head. I wish that I could be home instead with my family. I think it was in mid-November. He called from Afghanistan and said, I'm on my way home. I called everybody I knew. Nick's coming home. Nick's coming home. He had to go through some kind of process like a debriefing. He said that they had him sit down and watch some videos and stuff and asked him a whole bunch of questions, things like, uh, well, you're going to assure us that when you get home, you're not going to beat your wife. You're not going to call your mother names. You're not going to be nasty to your pets and things like that. Nick seemed confident that he didn't have any issues that he was worried about, so he flew home. Going back to the USA Just got my ticket today I can't wait to see you again in the USA Just knowing that Nick was returning from combat, I said, please don't ask him how many guys he killed. Please don't ask him how many bombs he saw go off. Seems to be a military person that comes back home from war. You don't ask them stuff like that. That's kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe the unwritten rule. So we didn't. We knew that if Nick wanted to tell, we would be there to listen. I'll be home for Christmas. Christmas Day, Nick had this awesome surprise for me. He was full of excitement. And he hands me this package, and he has this big smile on his face, and grinning from ear to ear, and I open up this box, and it's a Thor t-shirt. I handed Nick a package. I says, here, I got this one special for you. And it was a t-shirt of Thor, only mine was the retro Thor. He thought it was the biggest thing, and I don't think he ever took it off, as far as I know. That was special for Nick, to see the happiness when he got the shirt. I still can see him smiling. That was one of the best Christmases of my life. My son was home from Afghanistan and I was ecstatic. But there were cracks and I started to see them. I knew there was something different about Nick. One of the first things he wanted to do when he returned home here was he went out and bought him a pistol well, why would you do that? Well, I always wanted to have one. He says, I just feel more comfortable owning one. That's what Nick wanted, a 357. His drinking skyrocketed, went through the ceiling. And then there were times that I would get up in the middle of the night if I had to run to the ladies' room, and he was awake. And I would say to him, honey, what are you doing awake? Oh, yeah, I just got up. I was thirsty. I came down to get a drink. But he wasn't sleeping at all. He was on guard. Nick just happened to be outside in the middle of the night, four or five o'clock in the morning, and his truck drives by and throws something at the house. He ran after my newspaper lady. He jumped over our fence and he went flying up through this wooded bank, and he said he ended up face first across the hood of her car. But she was scared to death, and then he looked and she says, I'm just delivering the paper, and he said everything was okay, and he walked back home. <laughs> I called the paper carrier that afternoon and explained. I says, my son just returned from Afghanistan. He says, he just saw a vehicle come by and throw something out the window. And she says, oh, that's quite all right. Tell him thank you for his service. I appreciate everything that he did and no harm done. <laughs> so I thought, well, young boy just came home from a combat zone. He's going to be a little jumpy. 
And that's where I left it lay. We were at a New Year's Eve party and there was food and there was beer and we had a fire pit outside. He was manning the fire pit. That's what he wanted to do. I mean, he would come in occasionally, grab another beer because he was dying for yingling. They don't get that in Afghanistan and they don't get it in California. So he had to have a yingling. And then around midnight, one of the neighbors threw an M80. Nick hit the dirt, belly first, flat down. When I saw Nick hit the ground after a firework went off, I knew he lied. I knew it was a whole big lie. I knew there was more that went on over there than he was telling me. He laid there for a minute, he raised his head up, he looked around, and then he stood back up, brushed himself off, and made it like nothing happened. And I says, are you okay? He just said, I'm fine, it's okay, it's no big deal. I'm, I'm fresh home, Mom, you know, what do you expect? I said, Let, let's go in the house, let's leave. No, I don't want to leave. At one point, he came to me and he had asked me, he says, Mike, I need to know, did your brother have any regrets for any of the things that he did while he was in Afghanistan? And I told him, I says, well, be honest with you, Nick. I says, I don't think so. I says, why, do you have something? And he says, no. He says, I was just curious. And that's kind of where it stood. I was confused. My son was hurting, and I didn't know what to do. I couldn't even identify it. I didn't know what to say, who to turn to. After Nick left Pennsylvania and went back to Camp Pendleton, we talked to him numerous times. He said that things were bothering him. He said that he was getting some headaches. He had talked about an incident where they were patrolling somewhere, and out of the corner of his eye, he saw a little Afghani boy come out from behind a wall and drew a gun on him. All he could remember is his nieces and nephews at home here, and now he's sitting there face-to-face with an eight- or nine-year-old boy with a gun in his hand. What do you do? Just that quick, he would drop the conversation. I said, Michael, that's it. I'm, I'm booking a flight to California. I'm not telling Nick I'm coming. I'm going to show up at Camp Pendleton. I'm going to call him up and say, meet me at the gate. I'm here. We need to talk. We had told him that maybe he should see a doctor to make sure that there was nothing wrong. He assured us that he would, but nobody there had any record of him ever being seen by a doctor. Things just didn't feel right, but I chose not to go. I, I don't even know why I chose not to go. I just did nothing. And then he called me up. I'll never forget it. It was March 1st. It was about 20 minutes till 7, our time, and I was up getting ready to go to work. He told me that he was so impatient he had to get in touch with me ASAP. He said that uh, that band that I had turned him on to, Uriah Heep, they're going to be in San Francisco sometime in May or June. He says, uh, I'm going to fly you out, and you and me are going to go see this concert. I says, fantastic. I says, sounds really good. We talked a little bit about this and that. He said they were going to redeploy to Afghanistan sometime in December. He said he was all pumped up. He was in good spirits, real chipper, excited. We talked about the new Thor movie. He couldn't wait to see it. Nothing sounded out of place or anything. So took me by surprise. I got home from work early that day. It was about two o'clock our time. And Shortly after I'd walked in the door, the dog started barking like crazy. I get up and I answer the front door and there's two Marines in uniform standing there. And I'm thinking to myself, 
did the kid go AWOL? And they looked at me and they had this real stern and serious look on their face. It says, well, is Anna Rodriguez here? And I says, well, no, she's at work. And they said, could you go get her because we don't want to create a scene? March 1st, I was working a day shift at the shoe store. And I was standing at the far end of the shoe store. And I saw Michael walking through the front doors. He had this look on his face. He didn't say a word. And I knew. I knew it was Nick. There were customers in my store. I said, no, not Nick. Not Nick. And he said, there's two Marines at the door. You need to come home. Brought her home here, and as soon as we walked through the door, they gave those words, and they let us know that Nick was gone. They found him in the bathroom on base with a gunshot to his chest. That's all they said. And they told us that it happened at 4.20 a.m. California time. And I told them they were liars right then and there. I told them, I says, that's impossible. I says, I talked to the kid. I says, I talked to him at, it would have been 3.40 California time. He called. I says, we spoke for almost 45 minutes before I went to work. I says, you're telling me he got off the phone with me and he took his own life. And I says, I ain't buying it. I says, what happened? And they said they couldn't tell us. They just said that he died of a gunshot wound. It was his 357 that he bought when he was home. That was the weapon. Nick never indicated to anybody that it, he had ever thought about it or considered taking his own life. There was no talk about killing himself. No note. They went through his telephone. They went through his computers. They went through all his buddies. There was nothing. Nothing was there. And on the outside, Nick held this in and hid it so well. Nick is the only one that knows what happened that day. And he's not talking. Lance Corporal Nicholas T. Rodriguez, 23, of Whitehall, died peacefully on Tuesday, March 1st at Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton, San Diego, California. Nicholas was born December 11th, 1987 in Allentown. Most of this was written by me. The died peacefully, I, I didn't do that. I think the funeral home didn't know what else to say. That has always bugged me. Everybody who knows how Nick died knows it wasn't peacefully. Nobody ever said that we needed to be on the lookout for different behaviors. We thought, you know, nine months in a combat zone, he's going to be a little bit changed. But we never had any reason to think it would be long term. He came home to us physically intact. It wasn't until later, and it was much later, where they put two and two together and said that it had to have been PTSD. I never heard of PTSD. I had no idea what it was. And I sure as hell didn't think Nick was suffering from it. I knew nothing. In hindsight now, I look back and think, well, these were all red flags that were going up, and we never saw them. We didn't know they were red flags. I think somebody from the military should step up and come to the family's homes before that child is returned and let them know that if you see anything like this, here's a number, contact somebody, because we don't know what we're dealing with. I started counseling through the VA immediately after Nick had died. I ended up getting the perfect counselor, too. She's the one who explained PTSD to me, and that's where I was educated after he died. I found out through a, a couple of military personnel that my little boy that came around the corner with a gun 
Well, it was a 12-year-old boy with an AK-47, and he was shooting at Nick and Nick's unit. And Nick is the one who put that child down. I also know that Nick was dealing with losing his best friend over there. I remember hearing somebody say that Nick was kneeled down next to him when he died. Nick was kind of thinking like he was a little bit of a superhero and that he was going to go out there and protect all his men and us. I think once he did get out to Afghanistan, I think Nick might have seen that I'm not going to be able to fix this. That might have a lot to do with his PTSD and his depression. Maybe he came home thinking he failed us. I do second guess myself. You know, I wonder, is there something I could have done? Is there anything that I could have said that might have changed things? I still deal with a lot of guilt. Hell yeah. I'm angry at myself because I didn't go. I totally feel guilty because I didn't go. I might have been able to change the outcome. I'm his mother. It's the first time in my entire life that my kid needed help and I wasn't there. I didn't give it to him. I feel like I failed my son. Hi, Nick. How are you, honey? We're at the Cedar Hill Memorial Cemetery where my Nick is buried. Anywhere between once and twice a week I come down here to see Nick. It's a silent killer is what it is in my eyes because in the paper you read about this guy was killed by an IED. This guy was killed by gunfire. And it's not to take anything away from those boys or girls because they're all heroes. But what about all the boys and girls that are coming home but they're not together, they're not whole, but they lost it mentally. You don't see anybody talking about them. We go and see all these memorials to these brave young boys and girls that are sacrificing. They're all out there in the fields. My son's name ain't on those memorials. Why? He died as a result of that war. If he wouldn't have gone to Afghanistan, he wouldn't be under the ground now. Sometimes I just come down and have a cigarette with him. <laughs> but I love coming to see him. This is all I've got. This is all I can do. After Nick had died, they packed up all his personal items and they had it shipped to Pennsylvania here at home. And in it was the Thor t-shirt that Michael had given him. When we opened that box and we saw that Thor t-shirt, oh, that just, we lost it. The tears really came out when we saw that shirt because that was special for Nick. Here's a song called Lady in Black. played this for Nick at his funeral. These here are the lyrics, and when I listened to them more closely after Nick had passed away, it gave me a little more understanding this was what Nick felt. She asked me, name my foe then. I said the need within some men to fight and kill their brothers without thought of love or God. And I begged her give me horses to trample down my enemy. So eager was my passion to devour this waste of life. But she wouldn't think of battle that reduces men to animals. So easy to begin and yet impossible to end. And then it just goes on. Ah, 
Ah, ah, ah, ah.